Greetings. I'm John MacDonald, your host for this work of fiction. The tale you're about to hear is one of hunger, the precipice of human need. And in the case of the story you're about to hear, an all-consuming desperation. Without further ado, I present Takeout. Chapter One. Our story begins. The workday, like most, went by slow. The workday, like most, went by unwanted. Went by. Went by. They were all like that. They just went by. They went bye-bye. Work was like the wind. It was just another arbitrary whoosh blowing by my ears with no intended direction. No cargo, no point. Just a whoosh for no whooshing reason. A fleeting whoosh of frivolous time. The work days were like that. They whooshed. And like most work days, this one was spent watching the clock. Watching time ticking on and on to who knows where. And my life, seconds after seconds, disappearing before my eyes. Work is more of a waiting room than actual work. IT, they call it. It. Information technology. Computer bitch. I prefer calling it it. That's what it feels like. The suits call you up. They point at the thing that's confusing them and say it. My IT department's most notable feat is that of showing our company's high-salary infants in expensive suits how to find the on button so they can impress the other children fresh from their daycare service, eager to invest or brainstorm or whatever it is this company actually does. You know, it's funny, I don't actually know. They told me years ago, but I'm... Well, I'm fuzzy on the details. I'm pretty sure it's some bullshit middleman nonsense not far from the door-to-door salesman act. Only they don't ever go to doors. I fear doorbells would just confuse them. And they would need me around to push the things for them. They don't even know how to run the PowerPoints. They have the shuffling interns lay out weekly for the constant overturn of products that wash up with each trending tide. I'm pretty sure they sell stuff. Maybe companies come to them with their crap and they find the buyers? I don't know. It's not an ad firm, I know that. You know what it is? It's that I don't actually care. And that's what's important. Their incompetence with common sense is simply unforgivable. You would be surprised how often I am asked into a meeting just to turn on a television, or a projector, or a phone, or anything else that has that same exact button to the same exact function. Every single piece of electronics does. The on button. How they ever managed to find the startup to their own power source is enough of a mindfuck to start believing in the presence of God. Without a high power deity watching over their frightfully inept interaction with the modern world, it's a wonder how they managed to keep their teeth in their mouth when operating the bedsheets off first thing in the morning. I think something about technology makes some people forget how to retain information. 
I often wonder if it's that they're intimidated by devices or they just know people like me are around so they refuse to log any technological information into their long-term mental database. Unless the higher salary folk are just having a laugh at my expense. But I know that no one is laughing. These people are either genuine imbeciles or they simply don't care. Still, I wonder, is my life an experiment? Some test of self-worth and patience. The only other alternative is that my company is all mentally handicapped. Not the special savant kind that sees the reflection of life's perfect code spiraling unintentionally in the breath of a lost paintbrush. And not the friendly ones that bag your groceries either. Even they have a refreshing grasp on humanity. Laughter we can all relate to. Now that I say it, it seems insulting to people with handicaps to compare them with these things I work with. It's startling to work with such cheap beef. I can't relate to them. The drones? Are they relating to anyone themselves, I wonder? The questionless conformists riding the high-class wave of businesses' glorified disinterest with giving a shit about anything. What is it? Is it money's dehumanizing enchantment on the masses' sense of reason? The spell has their eyes bleeding out toward the light, mouth wide open, flossing a tight roll of cash clean through their digestive tract, right out their ass and back. Talking to this work herd is like talking to a simulation of a conversation. They aren't getting to know me. They're putting on a show for their inner reflection. I know because I have tested them. I play this memory game with the suits. They don't know we're playing, or that they're losing. It's a simple game. All they have to do to win is remember my fucking name. I like to call this game, Do You Value Me As A Person? What I do is I change my name every time I see them. It's subtle at first. I throw it out randomly packaged in with other thoughts to conceal the weight of a change. Anyone who remembered my name was Daniel would stop me when I referred to myself as Anton, especially if they remembered before Daniel, I was Carl. But they can't get over the compliments I wrap my words in, or the computer lingo I tangle my new name through. Most days they give me that nervous wave with the straining squint like they just might squeeze out my name and right as I tell them it's Nick, they nod like... Duh, Nick, yeah, I knew that. By the end of our interaction, I have them calling me Stephen, as if we were childhood besties. Today, I have been Ed, and I have been Trevor. It's fun. Can be fun. Sort of. Sort of not, though, also. After a decade of working with this heap, I often feel like nothing is new. Talking to them for too long, and I begin to question the nature of the individual. The faces may change from time to time as we move around the crowd, but all of our interactions start to feel like replicated combinations of collected observations. Our subconscious understandings bouncing us around desires and contemplations, and we aren't truly present. Conversational patterns, a social fill-in-the-blank that makes us feel original, unique necessary. Emotional robots playing human. Is human really a condition or are we conditioned to be human? 
conditioned to be someone's idea of humor. Too much time with the drones and my emotional status starts to feel more like a program than a beautiful and marvelous phenomenon. Less like something to celebrate and more like something to dismiss, detach, and disassociate. Oh god, I'm depressing myself. Are people only nice because prison is uncomfortable? People are nice because death is unresponsive and we have questions. Humanity's been on hold with the death explanation hotline since the first of us went silent, and the hold music is a perpetual slew of superstition. Such is life, I guess. And such is a job that blows hard. I probably shouldn't complain, there's no stress and a great deal of free time. Free time that can't ignore my lament for our species' apparent disinterest in, well, tomorrow, I guess. Living in this de-evolving age of history has been a drain on me and my colleagues' sanity. I think we're all a little depressed here. It's strange that I don't know what it is my company really does. I think they sell stuff, but I'm not actually sure now. Maybe they build things? Why is this bothering me so much? I suppose I made it a point to not bother after I got to know the corporate sloths of the building which I think revokes my position to bitch. It certainly doesn't give much credibility to my opinion. Or maybe it does. I feel this way for a reason, right? Maybe I should have quit and moved to one of those self-sustaining communes or joined Greenpeace or something. If this is really how I feel, does working here make me a hypocrite? I suppose they are just feelings and it is lunchtime so I am hungry. Hungry ramblings. It's not like I'm actively protesting these feelings, or sharing them outside of this moment. They're coming out now only because I was setting the stage for this story and I got a little sidetracked. I tend to do that. Maybe I'm a type of drone myself. A self-aware sheep content enough, or just lazy. Maybe I'm the meek that Shakespeare spoke of. I didn't mean to steer us into such a hopeless rant, I apologize. I don't know how to think positively about the cushioned apathy society sells itself. The mainstream emotional medicine of fabricated importance. Individualism's vampiric draining on peace and harmony. Maybe I need a vacation. I'm not trying to come off pessimistic with all this rambling. I also don't mean to be rambling this much, but once I get started, it's, well, it's hard to stop. Talking about work makes me cynical. That and I'm starving. Being hungry makes me grumpy. Outside of work, I do enjoy life. My bubble. It's just that my job is so mind-numbingly boring that I find a promising refuge in looking down upon it as that thing in my life that is most beneath me. To enjoy my work would be to enjoy prying open my dickhole and nesting a healthy sack of spider eggs midway down the shaft, and then waiting waiting for the miracle of life to sprawl forth. The excitement would really begin as each little eight-legged beauty made its first life decision, the first real crossroads in their journey, left or right, outside or in. Anyway, my department expands the lives of two other going-nowhere fellas. One's a happily married father of two, and the other is the youngest of seven siblings, and not a fella. She's a she and she's hilarious. 
It sucks that she's in a healthy relationship. That's life. The good ones are taken. Anyway, our job has become sort of like a sad club we all really wish we weren't a part of. A combination of survival obligation, lack of inspiration, and laziness sees us return week after week. I think I stay just for them. I enjoy them. In fact, I know it's them. What's the female version of fellas? Is it gals? Never mind. Our club name has yet to be decided, and our reason for gathering five days a week isn't just for the paycheck. We're a support group for each other. Letting one of our kind work alone is an unthinkable act of cruelty. We meet up to fill the void of our overcast work existence with anything and everything that could counteract those suicidal daydreams that often fester around monotony. The ones that intertwine around the minds clog with meaningless repetition. The decaying mediocrity of contemporary survival at its most relaxed age. So relaxed that our collective death would show no difference in the motions of our place of employment. I'd give it three days of them wondering before our company would just assume they forgot they had fired us and begin to rehire. We'd never be buried, never reported deceased or missing. Since we never seem to die, our club lives on in search for purpose. As of two years ago, that has mainly been ping pong. Which, on this particularly slow workday, I've lost a consecutive 39 games of. This streak earned me a free pity lunch I would collect upon the next day of work. A day of work I would never see. I didn't know that at the time, and so my excitement for the free meal was genuine. But this is how this story goes. I'd never see another day of work in that building again. Well then, can't say I'm disappointed to hear we won't be going back to such a dull place of work. That's all for now, I suppose. Stay tuned for the next chapter, where, I pray, the exposition doesn't drag on.